0: be killed. And Jesus said to Peter and John, saying,
1: Go and prepare the Passover for us, that we may eat.
0: So they said to him,
1: Where do you want us to prepare? Behold, when you have entered the city, a man will meet you, carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house which he enters, (coughs) Then you shall say to the master of the house, The teacher says to you, Where is the guest room? where I may eat the Passover with my disciples. Then he will show you a large furnished upper room. There, make ready.
0: So they went and found it, just as he had said to them, and they prepared the Passover. When the hour had come, Jesus sat down and the twelve apostles with him. Then he said to them,
1: With fervent desire I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God.
0: Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said,
1: Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes.
0: And he took the bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying,
1: This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me.
0: Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying,
1: This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. But behold, the hand of my betrayer is with me on the table. And truly the Son of Man goes as it has been determined. (coughs) But woe to that man by whom he is betrayed.
0: Then they began to question among themselves,
2: which of them it was who would do this thing? forget, don't we, that the meal we're going to share in tonight took place in a large group of people sharing together. There would have been scriptures shared and times of prayer and, uh, and worship and, and sharing. You know, a, a meal is, is more than the food, isn't it? You, you share a lot more than just the, the food together. You share stories, you share struggles, you share ideas, you share conversation. And I want us just to take a moment to, to share something tonight. So hopefully uh, on your table somewhere, it might be a little bit dark, so have a feel around, uh, but there should be some uh, place cards. <coughs> what I'd love you to do for a moment is is to grab one of those, if you grab one each, and to grab a pencil, and to write your name, and then after your name, to think of one word. Now, I want that word to be how you think people see you. So, whatever that is. So, just write down your name and how you think you come across to other people. What other people probably think of you. If, if somebody met you for the first time and then went into work the next day and said, oh, I, I met Richard last night, he's a really blank guy. So, write that down, jot that down. Uh, thank you for laughing at that, Sarah, I don't know why. Uh, and then on the other side, what I'd love you to do, is to write down what you would like other people to think of you, what you'd like to leave other people with, what you'd like other people to say about you. So on one side, your name, and what you think other people think about you. And then on the other side, on the back, what you'd like people to think about you. Some of you have guessed what's coming next. I'm going to ask you to do something really scary now. And just share with the people around you. Just take 30 seconds, a minute, a minute and a half. Just share with people around you, what, what are those words you've written about yourself? great. Have you ever been at a gathering of people, and you're all talking and sharing together, and then something happens. Somebody says something or does something, and suddenly the atmosphere changes. As they were eating together, as we've just heard, Jesus takes bread. It's already symbolized for them so much, already held so much meaning and flavor and history. And says, this is my body. And then he breaks it and gives it to them and says, "It's, it's given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. How do you remember somebody who's still there? The atmosphere changes instantly. In the same way, after they'd eaten together, he he took a cup and says, this cup, which already represented so much, says this cup is a new covenant. There's a, a new agreement being forged in my blood. Drink from it, all of you, in remembrance of me. We've shared the Lord's Supper many times, but they shared it before the cross. Can you imagine how difficult it was to eat that bread? to drink that cup. This is my body given for you. In a moment, we're going to share in this gift before us. And as we come to his table, let's pray for a moment. Lord, there are no words to capture or convey what a gift, what an invitation, what a grace is contained in these words, this is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for you. And tonight, Lord, we want to remember you. We thank you, Lord, that as we come to remember you, you come to meet with us, to host and to preside over this simple meal. And so, Lord, would you prepare our hearts to meet with you, to remember all that you've done for us. And our prayer, Lord, is that you would help us to understand this gift, to enter more fully into your grace, your life, your kingdom, your way. So, Lord, might we eat and feast with you as we gather in your name. We're going to go back to our scriptures now and pick up John chapter 13.
1: I do not speak concerning all of them. I know whom I have chosen, but that the Scripture may be fulfilled, he who eats bread with me has lifted up his heel against me. Now I tell you before it comes that when it does, you may believe that I am he. Most assuredly I say to you, he who receives whomever I send receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me.
0: When Jesus had said these things, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said,
1: Most assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me.
0: Then the disciples looked at one another, perplexed about whom he spoke. Now, (coughs) there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples, whom Jesus loved, Simon Peter therefore motioned to him to ask who it was of whom he spoke. Then, leaning back on Jesus' breast, he said to him,
1: Lord, who is it? It is he to whom I shall give a piece of bread when I have dipped it.
0: And after having dipped the bread, he gave it to Jesus. <coughs> Jesus Iscariot, the son of Simon. Now, after taking the piece of bread, Satan entered him Then Jesus said to him,
1: What you are about to do, do quickly.
0: But no one at the table knew for what reason he said this to them. For some thought, because Jesus had the money box, that Jesus had said to him, buy those things we need for the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. Having received the piece of bread, he then went out immediately, and it was night. I love John's gospel.
2: You know, if you want to dive into uh, what prophecies are being fulfilled and when and how you go to Matthew's gospel, and if you want to get caught up in the action and the passion, you read Mark's gospel. If you're someone who loves vivid historical details, you read Luke's gospel. But John writes, and throughout John there are these themes that run, and one of his big themes is light and dark, night and day. And John is so keen for us to know that as Jesus leaves this, uh, Judas leaves this meal to betray the light of the world, it was night. All the things he could have written, that kind of sums it up. There are moments in our lives, aren't there, that, that do seem to, to symbolize something bigger. Growing up, I had an auntie, uh, auntie Gaynor, not one of those church aunties, an actual auntie. Uh, and uh, she was severely disabled. A lot of my childhood memories of her uh, are of her in a wheelchair, and especially towards the end of her life, uh, just uh, in her bed. And I don't really remember the moment, but the family speak of it when we talk about Gaina, when her coffin was taken into the church. There were some lovely flowers on top of it, and a butterfly came and rested on the flowers and stayed there for the whole service. And then at the end of the service, flew away and it was like a beautiful symbol that God had given us as a family in the moment of the freedom she now knew and the life she now had. So, some moments do that, don't they? they? They capture it. And For John, something is happening here. Judas goes out, and it was night. This theme of, of light and dark, it runs throughout John's gospel. Now I've mentioned it. If you read John's gospel often, you'll see it all over the place. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through Him were all things created, and nothing was made that was not made through Him. And in Him was life, and that life was the light of all humanity. Just as Genesis starts with, in the beginning God speaks, the Word of God speaks, and the first thing God says is, let there be That was an easier one, wasn't it? You knew that one, light. So John tells us that that word was Jesus. And in him was life. Life pulsates in Jesus. Light radiates through Jesus. There's another time when when John tells us that somebody came to Jesus at night. It's a man called Nicodemus. and He comes under the cover of darkness. He's a well-known figure, well-respected Jewish teacher. He comes to Jesus at night, doesn't want to be seen, wants to have a conversation with Jesus, but away from praying and, and public eyes. And as they're talking, this theme of light comes up again. Jesus tells Nicodemus really plainly, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men preferred darkness to light because their deeds were evil. It's true, isn't it? It, Even now, darkness affords us opportunities that we couldn't do in the light. And that's not just physically, I mean that figuratively as well. We we do things on our own that we would not do around other people. We were writing words about ourselves earlier, weren't we? And in between who we want to be and the person that others see right in the middle is a person that no one sees. There's a bit that the light can't quite get to, a bit that we don't show to others, a bit that we would be ashamed to show to others. For all kinds of reasons, Nicodemus came at night because he didn't want people to know. Sometimes when we're in the dark, we hide light from people, don't we? Ever had a conversation about what you did on the weekend and failed to mention that you were in church? Anything could have happened, you know, someone could have been baptized, someone could have preached for the first time, you could have been inspired. Doesn't get a mention in the dark. Or in church, there are things that we don't talk about, that we don't share with each other, that we keep hidden. What were those words that we were singing earlier on? You have reached to me within my darkness. And in the light of mercy now, I see. There's some things that can thrive in the dark, but exposed, dragged, screaming and kicking into the light will not survive. The same John that wrote this gospel would later write to the church about this, and this theme comes up again, and he says to them all, listen, if we walk in the light together, As he is in the light, we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. But before that, see, there's a brave process of opening our lives, all of it, to the light that is Christ. And tonight we don't come to share in a meal from a Savior who waited for us to come to him pure and shining and beautiful and brilliant we came to us at our very worst. We come to a Savior who knew why he had to die for each and every one of us. Knew all about us. We weren't even born. Our parents weren't even born. Our, grandpa- our great-grandparents weren't even born. And he knew. He knew all that we would do before we realized that he'd come to save us. And he knew all that we would do, even after we knew what he'd done to save us. All of it was in the future, way in the future. So we stand before him, completely bare. There is nothing that he doesn't know, but sometimes we play games, don't we? Sometimes we try to create a little sort of blind spot we don't talk to him about certain things. We don't read certain scriptures. We don't confess certain stuff. We kind of pretend that he's not there, that he's not with us. And these patches of darkness can appear in our lives, these, these shadows as we twist and as we dance and as we turn. And I want to give us a moment as we come tonight to open our lives to the light. If you grab hold of your place name, I want you to invite you now to, to open it up fully, just to look at the inside. And as you look at it, you can twist it and turn it and see a, a shadow dance around. You can make it as white and as light as you want to or as dark as you want to. And it might be that there's a conversation that you you need to have with God, something you just need to open up before Him. And in a moment, I'm going to lead us in, in a time of prayer. And I'm going to ask that the Lord will give you something to write, write through the inside. What does He want you to know right in the core of your being? What is it that He wants you to hold as deep and as precious as the most central, important thing to you. Let me pray as we come and listen, and as we come and write. Lord Jesus, the light of the world, you have said that whoever follows you will not stumble around in darkness, but we'll have the light of life. And although tonight we think about Judas, who saw something of your light and yet went out into the night, we thank you, too, that the opposite journey is possible, that Nicodemus came from the night into the light. And I thank you that that's because your light is here, because we couldn't reach up to it, because we couldn't attain it. You've come. And now we can see you. Now we can know you. And now we can be known by you. There is no need to to play, act, or perform. You see it all. you, You know it all. But Lord, would you shine your light tonight in those blind spots, in those hidden places? And maybe just in the stillness of your heart right now, you just want to name something. Maybe it's bitterness towards a person. Maybe it's a place you don't tell others about. Maybe it's a habit that you feed. Maybe it's a a lie that you've told or a lie that you've believed. And we don't name it tonight just to feel guilty about it. We name it to bring it into the light. To confess it. To repent of it. And to be washed as white as snow. So Lord Jesus, I pray right now that you would give to each and every one of us one one word to write in the center of those cards one thing that you want us to know, you feel for us, you know about us, you say over us. And as we eat, as we remember, as we respond, as we worship, would you write your story right in the core of who we are, right in the center of our lives. And bring us, Lord, more and more and more out of the night and into your glorious freedom, into your beautiful light, into all that you've won for us, all that you've done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Could I ask uh, someone on each table just to...